even healthy kids die from something like the measles. The latest on the Vancouver measles outbreak, plus what you need to know about protecting yourself and your family. Why former BC Premier Gordon Campbell is being investigated for an alleged sexual assault. She paid for it in the end with her life. And a family's heartache as a man is charged with killing a mother of four in the Maple Ridge truck rampage. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, a measles outbreak in Vancouver has left a lot of people asking whether they are adequately protected against the disease. The outbreak is centered around three French language schools, and it is adding to growing calls for mandatory vaccinations in public schools. Here's Julia Foy with our top story tonight. Do apologise about the technical glitch there. We'll try and return back to that story a little later on. Uh, Let's move on now to a British newspaper report that says Scotland Yard is investigating former Premier Gordon Campbell over allegations of sexual assault. The incident is connected to when Campbell was Canada's High Commissioner to the UK. Keith Baldry has the details. The Telegraph newspaper is reporting that a former employee at the Canadian High Commission in London is alleging she was groped by former B.C. Premier Gordon Campbell in 2013. The paper quotes the Dutch-Canadian woman as saying, I distinctly remember this hand went up my backside. It was significant. It wasn't, oops, sorry, I brushed you. It was definitely a feel. The employee is 54-year-old Judith Prince. Global News has spoken with Prince, but she did not want to go on camera at this time. Metro London Police have confirmed to Global News they are investigating an allegation of sexual assault that occurred in January 2013, but are not identifying any suspect. According to Prince's comments to The Telegraph, the alleged incident happened by the staircase at Canada House in Trafalgar Square before she headed into a meeting. She claims she felt completely violated and says Campbell carried on as if it was business as usual. According to The Telegraph, Prince made a complaint a year later and the newspaper said the incident was resolved in a manner that cannot be disclosed. But the article says Prince decided to file a report with police earlier this year in wake of the Me Too movement. The Canadian government, in response to the allegations, said it takes any allegations of sexual assault and harassment extremely seriously. This kind of alleged misconduct in the workplace is absolutely unacceptable. Campbell has recently done some work for the Edelman Consulting Company, but it issued a statement today saying, Since July 2018, Mr. Campbell served as a special advisor to Edelman and was engaged on a part-time basis as a consultant through a retainer agreement. However, in light of the recent allegations, Edelman and Mr. Campbell have mutually decided to suspend their consulting arrangement until the police investigation in the UK is complete. Campbell cannot be reached for comment and has not responded publicly to the allegations. But according to The Telegraph, a spokesman for the former B.C. Premier says the alleged incident was investigated and dismissed. Keith Baldry, Global News, Victoria. And some breaking news just connected to that story. A spokesperson for Gordon Campbell has just released a statement uh, to us here at Global News reiterating what was said to The Telegraph. Quote, this complaint was transparently disclosed and became the subject of a full due diligence investigation at the time by the Government of Canada and was found to be without merit. We'll bring you more updates on that story as it develops. A mission man has been charged in connection with a deadly rampage in a Maple Ridge parking lot last year. As Kristen Robinson now reports, the family of the mother who lost her life says she put the safety of her sons ahead of hers. 
in every picture is her beautiful smile. It, uh, it lights up a room, and I miss that smile so much. Almost one year since she lost her daughter, Jennifer Taze is happy a suspect has been charged in connection with a rampage that turned deadly. I don't have the energy to be angry. I'm very glad that uh, it's finally happened. Kelly Sandoval was with two of her sons on February 1st last year when 35-year-old Travis James Paré is accused of unleashing a path of destruction while high on drugs. The pickup truck driver allegedly backing into a parked vehicle, blasting through a drive-thru, crashing into a fence and hitting a bus shelter in Maple Ridge. Sandoval's 10-year-old jumped out of the way, but the mother threw herself in harm's way to protect her youngest. Her five-year-old son was in the path and she pushed him out of the way and the truck pinned her up against a fence. Sandoval was discharged on crutches after suffering soft tissue injuries to her thigh. But the mother of four died in hospital six weeks later from complications of blunt force trauma due to the crash. Paré is charged with criminal negligence and impaired driving causing death and two counts of failing to stop at an accident. She paid for it in the end with her life, but to her, I'm sure it was worth it to have her son safe. Sandoval's widow, Eddie, struggling to raise the couple's four boys on his own. He lost his whole life. Friends fundraising to help the single father who works as a landscaper with childcare and mortgage payments. That's his favorite because they love Mexico. Painting therapeutic for Eddie as he tries to heal, his art highlighting Mexico, where he and Kelly met and planned to return one day. I can hear her saying, Mom, you got to keep going. You know, Mom, I need you to be strong for Eddie. Mom, I need you to be there for the boys. Kristen Robinson, Global News. In Burnaby, police are investigating a possible road rage crash involving weapons. Two vehicles crashed at the corner of Imperial and Grey at about 5.30 last night. Witnesses reporting that the occupants got out and then started to fight with each other. Police say they were armed with weapons, but are not saying what they were. Two people were sent to hospital with minor injuries. Police say they are not cooperating with their investigation. The RCMP now calling on anybody that might have dash cam footage of this incident to come forward. A family managed to escape a house fire in North Vancouver today. Fire ripped through this home in Edgemont Village just before noon. The blaze was sparked in the kitchen. The family inside managed to get out in time and call 911. When firefighters arrived, they uh, came across heavy smoke and the home was fully engulfed. The fire had extended into the attic where several items were burned. The cause is still being investigated, but crews did say that the family did everything as they were supposed to. The family was very uh, smart. They did what you're supposed to do. Uh, they noticed there was a structure fire. They shut some doors, they evacuated, and then they activated 911. So I think that helped with uh, no injuries today. And a 55-year-old man has suffered smoke inhalation and burns to his face and hands after a fire broke out at a mobile home park in Surrey last night. Firefighters were called out to the Plaza RV park along King George Boulevard at just before 9pm. An RV was left heavily damaged. There is no word yet, though, on uh, what caused that fire. 
A Langley food bank that is supposed to help the vulnerable is on the verge of becoming homeless. The building that they've called home for the last four years has been sold. And despite a search for nearly 18 months, they still haven't found a new space. Nadia Stewart reports. For the sources Langley food bank, this is not a welcoming sign. To be honest, we're feeling uh, the pressure. Forced to find a new home since their current home inside this church has now been sold. And if you think it's tough for the average renter to find a place to live, try being a nonprofit in need of a storefront and up to 6,000 square feet of warehouse space. The issue is, number one, the zoning, and number two, not everyone wants a food bank as a neighbor. I get a little concerned about that uh, because there are stereotypes out there about food banks, but really we make great neighbors. We pay our rent, we look after our properties, and we serve your community. Both the city and township know they're searching for space, a search that began 18 months ago when Daryl says they first got word of the potential sale. Ideally, sources would like to stay in the Langley area. Since the last quarter, we've registered over a thousand people here. On a weekly average, we sell about 650 people. An area where they know they're needed. And if they don't find a location soon... I don't want to sound dramatic, but people do go hungry. It'll be bad news all around. Nadia Stork, Global News. Dozens of UBC Okanagan students have suddenly found themselves homeless. The building they live in was flooded out, which destroyed some suites and created concerns of mould in others. Now everyone in all 112 suites are facing eviction. Jules Knox reports. A lot of people are frustrated and I don't know what's going to happen. A sprinkler pipe burst on the top floor of this condo building at UBC Okanagan. The water flooding down through four stories. The fire alarm turned on. I didn't know exactly what happened. I looked out my eye hole and I just saw water near the elevator shaft. Water was like just like all the way to the ground and then we were taking our brooms with a bunch of other people who were living on the floor and brooming the water down the stairs that way. This all happening late at night on February 4th during the cold snap. There was nobody around so there was a lot of water for a long time before somebody could turn it off. When it very first happened, it was like walking into a sauna. It was terrible. Students have since been told they have to move out and soon. They say that there's a lot of moisture content in the walls. That's why everyone's going to have to leave because of the mold issue. Dozens of students scrambling to find new homes in an expensive rental market with a low vacancy rate. Many forced to move further afield. Quite far. It's quite far. Students forced to deal with the flooding, then moving during peak study season. The midterms the very next day. Yeah. Like right in the a.m. Yeah. 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. The U2 building recently constructed by Mission Group in 2016, now a husk of its former self as restoration work is underway. Kind of haunting. Yeah. Because they're There's trying no to take, living here. Yeah, it's they're crazy. taking all these pieces out. It's not, it doesn't feel like home anymore. The restoration company is hoping that students will be out by next week. In the meantime, the student union is reminding students that if they have questions, they can submit a query to student legal aid and if they need help, to contact the financial aid office. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. 
mosques across BC and Canada opening their doors to the public today to address the stigma faced by Muslims. The BC Muslim Association uniting major mosques in nine cities for the first province-wide open mosque day. People of all backgrounds were invited to visit mosques in Metro Vancouver, the interior, Victoria and Prince George. This is in light of tensions between Muslims and the greater community. This open door event intended to bridge the gap between Muslims and non-Muslims around the world. Our philosophy is that open doors, open mind and open heart. We would like the entire community in Lower Mainland and British Columbia to come and join us and know who we are from the first-hand experience. Every person which I have met, they have opinion about Muslims, which is engraved based on certain news they have heard, certain events which ha happen in the world. We are providing, please come here, join us, ask us questions, and then have an opinion about us. Let's return back to our top story tonight, the measles outbreak in Vancouver. It has left a lot of people asking whether they're adequately protected against the disease. Here's our Julia Foy. Don't be a goof, <laughs> Vancouver mom Elaine Young knows a measles outbreak could mean life or death for her young daughter, Addison. Well, Addison is one of those people who can't be vaccinated. She received a heart transplant when she was three weeks old. She takes anti-rejection drugs twice a day. I don't like that. Addison was the first infant in BC to receive a heart transplant. She needs to be on anti-rejection drugs for the rest of her life, which means catching a disease like measles could be devastating. Even healthy kids die from something like the measles. So can you imagine what an immune-compromised person would face? Vancouver Coastal Health is continuing to investigate an outbreak of measles reported at three Francophone schools. Since January, there have been nine confirmed cases in the region. Fraser Health confirmed Saturday that there has been one confirmed case of measles, which happened last month. It involved an adult, and Fraser Health says it did not pose a risk to the community. <laughs> While Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart was out campaigning with NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, he had this to say about the measles outbreak. we got to make sure our kids are vaccinated, and if they haven't been vaccinated, they have to go in and, and uh, talk to their doctors right away. Vancouver Coastal Health Research reveals out of 127 schools, only 27 had vaccination rates of over 90%, which is required to keep children safe. Many schools aren't even close. The five schools with the lowest numbers, West Coast Christian at 57%, Admiral Seymour at 50%, Sir Guy Carlton also at 50%, Oak Ridge Montessori at 43%, and Anchor Point, Montessori, at only 33%. There's people like begging for it in third world countries, and there's people dying because they don't have it all around the world. I, I just don't understand why things that could be fixed at this point haven't been. Yeah, like, like certain things shouldn't be coming back when we have so many precautions to take. If you have the privilege of vaccinating your kids, you should. If your child shows symptoms, which could be measles, you're asked to keep them home from school and make an appointment to see your family doctor. To do otherwise could be devastating for children like Addison. So why are children who are unvaccinated, who are potentially spreading a deadly illness around, allowed to go to school? Julia Foy, Global News. A candlelight vigil being held in Mississauga, Ontario today to remember an 11-year-old girl who was the subject of an amber alert earlier this week. She was later found dead in a Brampton home. 
Well, the father of 11-year-old Ria Rajkumar has now been charged with her murder. Global's Jamie Morocco brings us the latest and how the community there is coping. Stuffed animals, flowers and balloons are piling up outside the Brampton home where 11-year-old Ria Rajkumar was found dead. We love this girl even though we don't know her. Becoming a place where people touched by Ria's loss can pay their respects. And she never returned back home. It's really sad. It was just after 11 p.m. Valentine's Day when Peel police issued an Amber Alert asking the public to look for the fifth grader who they say had been taken by her father, Rupesh Rajkumar. Within the hour, the alert was cancelled. Police revealing the young girl's body had been found inside his home. After a high-risk takedown near Barrie, the 41-year-old was arrested and transported to hospital where he remains. Charged with first-degree murder, Peel police say Rajkumar will likely appear in court Tuesday. Totally shocking. For neighbors, their homes now surrounded by police tape, they're left wondering what they may have missed. We saw her usually every weekend she is here. From last three, four years when he moved here, we never see anything unusual. Well, that's a common thing that we hear. That but violence support worker Farah Khan says every 2.5 days a woman is killed in Canada. Femicide doesn't happen out of the blue. Femicide, what we see in terms of murder of women and girls as we see an escalation of behavior. Court documents obtained by Global News reveal Rajkumar was charged with assault three times between 2004 and 2015. The alleged victims are unclear and all charges were withdrawn. And then it hit immediately, right, because I've got young kids. And Typically focused on crime prevention, Brampton's Neighborhood Watch is now hoping to look after those left behind. We hope to at least cover all of the funeral costs. Quickly surpassing a $2,500 goal, the community group says anything more will go to Rhea's mother. Back at the scene, as forensic teams spent the day inside, outside Rajkumar's family gathered up gestures of love, preparing to take them to Mississauga for an evening vigil near Rhea's school. She had her life ahead of her. She was the spark around the family. A spark that has set fire to this community, standing in solidarity with a family, now preparing to lay their little one to rest. Jamie Morocco, Global News, Toronto. Crews are assessing the damage in rural Manitoba after a freight train derailed early this morning. CN Rail confirming 37 cars went off the tracks at about 3.30 a.m., about three kilometres west of Winnipeg near the Saskatchewan border. Some of those cars were carrying crude oil and are leaking. In a statement, a representative from CN Rail says their environmental team is responding to start cleanup, remediate the site and protect the environment. There have been no reports of any injuries. Parents of a Fort McMurray minor hockey team criticised for an Indigenous locker room dance say they're forfeiting the season over safety concerns. Video posted on social media back in January showed a boy beating his hockey stick against a trash can lid as he and others jumped around and shouted to a song by Indigenous electronic group A Tribe Called Red. A statement shortly after from the Fort McMurray Minor Hockey Association apologised and call the actions by members of the Midget A Junior Oil Barons disrespectful. Roxanne Janes is the mother of one of the players. She says it was motivational, not derogatory or racist, and there are Indigenous players on the team. We had uh, one of the schools that uh, I can say probably the majority of the, the kids attend uh, increased police presence. Um, another one of our players... Well, they, well, they all they they walked with their heads up and and kind of their backs to the wall. Uh, they didn't wear their team jackets. They uh, they were afraid. They yeah, no they kidding. were really afraid. 
The team has had to pay a $2,100 penalty for quitting the season early. A major international scientific expedition to learn more about salmon and fisheries has just got underway. 19 scientists from Russia, Canada and the US, Japan and South Korea all leaving Vancouver tonight on board a Russian research ship. For the next four weeks, they will be conducting a grid search and test fishery across the Gulf of Alaska. They want to find out more about the life cycles of the five Pacific salmon species that is fish basically that's crucial to our marine environment and industry. We know quite a bit about the early uh, parts when the juveniles emerge and the early days in the coastal environment and we know what happens to the adults when they return. But what happens in the middle, basically half of their life, we have no idea about what's happening. And so basically this is the target of this cruise is going out there and throwing basically everything we have scientifically at this question. So we're gonna try to uh, characterize the environment, we're gonna try to characterize the food chain, and as well the health of the salmon. Oh, interesting stuff, all right. Nothing like a nice fishy story to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barry with sport and Yvonne with the weather, and it feels like Okay, now things are a little calmer. A little br a little breather for right. all of us. It was much needed, uh, depending on where you are uh, across the south coast today, though we still saw more cloud, a few breaks, and we are still looking at a bit of precipitation for the southern and eastern sections of the, of the island. As we take a look at the satellite and radar, isolated showers, higher elevations could still see a chance of flurries. It'll still be this evening and overnight. But a nice clearing is on the way across the south coast for tomorrow. It'll be a nice break, and this will hopefully take us into Towards our family day, but if you're traveling along the mountain passes, we're still tracking some snowfall. We'll have those amounts and how long it will last coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's nice to say it's sort of disappearing now, <laughs> melting away. It was we fun have to do day. winter like everyone else, and it's not fair. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Shoveling is um, relentless. It was yes. fun for the kids, though. Yes, yes they do love lot. it. A lot of laughter outside again. Uh, did you go sledding? Did you no, 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 not intentionally. Okay. <laughs> What's happening in sport then? Well, uh, Canucks play tonight in San Jose. It's unfortunate. They've really been hit by hard by injuries the last couple of weeks. They made a minor trade today to try to get more depth at uh, Ford. We'll tell you about that and set up their game against the Sharks. And uh, NBA All-Star Skills Contest also going on in uh, Charlotte. We'll show you some of that. Too. All right. Looking forward to all of that. A rare move by the Vatican today and the Pope sending out a strong signal to the world by defrocking a former cardinal after he was found guilty of sex abuse. 88-year-old Theodore McCarrick is the former Archbishop of Washington. He becomes the highest-ranking church official and the first cardinal to be dismissed by the Roman Catholic Church. He was one of the most powerful Catholics in America, but now a further fall from grace. 88-year-old Theodore McCarrick is no longer a priest. The former cardinal and archbishop of Washington has been expelled by the Pope after the church found him guilty of sexually abusing children and adults. They're the type of crimes McCarrick himself has repeatedly condemned. There is certainly a special terrible judgment on, on someone who would abuse the trust that a priest must have. James Grind says he was just 11 when McCarrick started abusing him. And he forced himself on me. And it was always that left hand saying, don't you know how powerful I am? 
McCarrick has previously denied one of the allegations and is unlikely to face criminal charges. Abuse allegations against McCarrick started decades ago, but came to a head last summer when he was removed from the ministry and then resigned from the College of Cardinals. After that, he lived at a friary in rural Kansas. Now, he could lose some church-sponsored benefits. The, the message that, that the Vatican wants to send to survivors is that nobody uh, is above the law. With no chance for appeal, it's not clear where McCarrick will spend his final days, as Pope Francis cracks down on pedophiles and other abusers within his ranks. On Thursday, more than 100 bishops from around the world will gather here at the Vatican for a major meeting on the abuse of minors in the church. Sarah Harmon, NBC News at the Vatican. The younger sister of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis has passed away. Lee Radziwill was an international socialite and fashion icon who lived in the shadow of her more famous sibling, her daughter confirming she died Friday at her Manhattan home. She died of natural causes at the age of 85. In Health Matters tonight, a new study has found that older women who drank two or more diet beverages a day had a higher risk of strokes caused by a blood clot. Diet soda drinks are uh, also more likely to develop heart disease or to die from any cause. The risks were highest for women with no history of heart disease or diabetes and who are obese. The study did include data from more than 80,000 women who went through menopause. Another study doing the rounds suggesting doing short bursts of exercise with recovery periods in between may actually be the best way to lose weight. Researchers compared the results of interval training with more continuous workouts. Both types of exercise, of course, shed pounds and body fat after four weeks, but they found interval trainers lost 28% more weight than those who did continuous workouts. All right, before we get to Yvonne and your forecast, uh, I've got to show you something. The weather might have warmed up, but we are still seeing the impact of last week's storms. Take a look at this. The seawall uh, still closed between Siwash Rock and Lionsgate Bridge uh, because of the risk of all that falling ice. Now, the Vancouver Park Board does say that the ice blocks can weigh between an incredible 2 and 15 kilograms, and they are dropping from a height of 5 to 20 meters, so pretty dangerous. The seawall will be open again as soon as it is deemed to be safe. Um, Yvonne, yeah, there's ice in a lot of places. I was walking past the Fraser River, parts of the Fraser River today, and there was a there was a decent bit of ice around there too. Yeah, and temperatures warmed up today, just above the freezing mark, five for a few areas, mm -hmm. but then they'll cool off once again below the freezing mark. Uh, so a lot of the water that's been melting today will freeze once again. Temperatures right now sitting at three. We've got a northwesterly wind out of the airport at 22 kilometers per hour. We started off at the freezing mark today. Five was the high, but still below the average for this time of the year. That sits closer to nine degrees. It'll be cooler for both our Sunday and Monday. Here's a look at some of the numbers. Areas into the central interior at minus 11. The southeastern corners is where we're seeing temperatures hovering the freezing mark and still tracking some snowfall, but factor in the wind chill. The concern will be along the north coast inland sections with an Arctic outflow warning. Wind chills overnight and for the morning hours, areas near Terrace and Kitimat will see the wind chills dropping down to minus 20. Here's a look at the satellite and radar. We've got a few isolated showers along the 
the southern and eastern sections of the island. It'll continue overnight and then dissipate by the morning hour. For the noon hour tomorrow, much of the southern half of the province will start to see a nice clearing on the way. Future cast into place, so by tomorrow morning, still seeing some light snowfall into the interior sections late in the day for tomorrow. A much-needed break, and this will take us all the way in towards our Monday. Mountain passes, however, Rogers and Kootenai passes, where we're still seeing a significant amount of snow will be along the Kootenai Pass overnight through the day tomorrow up to two centimeters, but areas near the summit, near the Paulson summit, could see closer up to 10 centimeters. So for tonight, though, uh, the Coquihalla from Hope to Merritt flurries the connector to and up to four centimeters and the Rogers and Kootenai Pass, but the Kootenai Pass tomorrow, the concern will be near the summit. For the piece, wind chills dipping down, feeling closer to minus 31 overnight and for tomorrow morning. Whitehorse sunny and dry with a partly cloudy sky, wind chills into the minus 30s. Along the north coast, it's really inland sections overnight and for the morning hours with the Arctic outflow warning, wind chills at minus 20. Caribou and Central Interior, chilly but dry with the sunshine for the latter half of your long weekend. And the Columbian Kootenai is still tracking some snowfall into the morning hours and then it clears out drier, especially if you're planning on traveling towards the evening. Tops in Okanagan, wind chills dipping down to minus 12 with a partly cloudy sky. And most areas near Whistler will start to see some nice breaks, much needed. Wind chills for the morning hours, chilly, do bundle up at minus 14. And along the island, we're still seeing those isolated showers for the southern and eastern section. It'll be windy for areas near the water and then breaks approaching the afternoon and evening hours. Five-day forecast across Metro Vancouver. We'll see it windy over southern sections tomorrow. More of a clearing as we get closer towards the noon hour or bumping up to six degrees. It'll cool off once again on our Monday and the next system that we're keeping a close eye on. Tuesday, we could see another round of snow, but over the next two days, some much-needed breaks and very pleasant tomorrow with the high of six degrees. Sonia? Oh, my God. So many mouths just dropped open when you said that. Thank you very much for that. No. Uh, Kelowna's largest music festival uh, won't be happening this summer. Organisers of Centre of Gravity made the announcement this week saying they're taking a break this year. Kelly Hayes has more on the growing concerns about the event in recent years and whether it will make a return in 2020. When Centre of Gravity rolled into Kelowna 11 years ago, it was dubbed Canada's hottest beach festival. Uh, we're expecting about 8,000 a day. Pumping millions into the local economy. Been about 5 million. And so the beat went on and it looked like Centre of Gravity had found a permanent home in Kelowna, but cracks began to appear. RCMP were seeing a spike in calls and the flood of young partiers was too much to handle for the city. The hotels were already full. Um, we have challenges with the um, emergency services. The, it's already a very busy weekend downtown. So the festival was forced to move from the August long weekend to late July, and the move had an immediate impact. Uh, we actually noticed that our calls for service in the downtown core have again decreased this year by about 30%. But the festival hit a somber note last year when a young Kamloops girl died from what is believed to be an overdose. Addison Davies was only 16 years old. That was horrible. I mean, she was so young. And ticket sales were dropping. So we're a little bit uh, lower compared to past years. It ain't none of this week, organizers announced on their webpage that the festival would not be coming back to Kelowna this year, saying, since its inauguration in 2008, Centre of Gravity has grown to become one of the largest sports and music festivals in Canada. We are announcing today that Centre of Gravity will not be returning in 2019. 
Reaction on social media has been mixed. Some happy to see the festival go, saying, I couldn't be more happy at this moment. Good riddance, and please don't come back anytime soon either. While another suggests it's going to be Kelowna's loss, saying, So I guess Kelowna is going to feel this once a huge chunk of the tourists brought in by this won't be there. While the mayor of Kelowna says there were issues with the festival, saying, while there are many positive aspects to Centre of Gravity, the city of Kelowna has had some concerns with the event's impact on the community. The, the Centre of Gravity website says that despite cancelling 2019, it hopes to be back in 2020. Kelly Hayes, Global News, Kelowna. Okay, so before your sports, mm -hmm. I have a little bit of my own sports. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you. Um, after your job. Uh, the first game of Vancouver's new eSports League kicked off today. The attraction is it's you just get to see how players are so much better than you can play. It's the exact same as watching sports. Yeah, the Vancouver Titans Overwatch League team making their debut in L.A. this afternoon. Fans in Vancouver, of course, packing the sports bar at Rogers Arena to cheer them on as they took on the Shanghai Dragons. The Titans are one of eight new teams joining the league, which centers around, of course, the video game Overwatch. Like, I really, yes. Do you, now, do you understand that. what they're doing? No, people, really. people are literally watching, <laughs> yeah. uh, from what I understand, because Squires are video game guys. So right, that okay. People like pack 18,000 seat rinks to watch them play video games. So it's like, <laughs> my kids like watching other people play video games too. There's like the best players in oh the world goodness. at this game. So that's what this it's come good. down to. What, will it get into the Olympics, though? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right, thanks, Anya. Uh, the Canucks, uh, you know, were so full of optimism coming out of the All-Star break because they were on a roll, and just as importantly, they were 100% healthy for the first time all year. But that lasted about half a game. Since then, Sven Berchi, Thatcher Demko, Alex Edler, Brandon Sutter, Chris Tanev, and Jake Bertanen all got hurt and all are still out. So the Canucks have had to make some moves. They made another one today, acquiring uh, forward Ryan Spooner from Edmonton for Sam Gagne. Now, Spooner has bounced between the Bruins, Rangers, and Oilers the past few years. In 2015-16, he had a great year. 13 goals, 49 points, looked like a legit solid second or third liner but he's dried up since then just 16 goals in his last 100 nhl games obviously he's got holes in his games uh, but sounds like he will play tonight with the canucks suffering injuries all right let's go on to some action today canucks doing lots of scoreboard watching blues who've won eight straight taking on the avalanche who started the day two points behind the canucks in uh, the west third period still scoreless until vladimir Tarasenko gets his ninth goal in nine games. He's a big reason why the Blues are rolling. And then Zach Sanford with the little redirect. The Blues refuse to lose. They make it nine straight victories, 3-0 over Colorado, which is actually good news for the Canucks. Flames and Penguins, Calgary in a big battle with San Jose for first in the Pacific. They began the day tied with 75 points. Second period, Flames will take the lead. Michael Froelich cashing in on the rebound there. 2-1 Flames. It was 3-1 Calgary when Pittsburgh got one back. Sidney Crosby poaching at the side of the net. Will beat Mike Smith there for his 25th. That cuts the lead to 3-2. But Calgary got a couple of late ones in the second. Travis Hamanek, who doesn't score a lot of goals. Looked like that might have been tipped, but it went off a Pittsburgh stick and in. So it's Hamanek's goal, 4-2. And then on the power play, some nice... Quick passing. Sam Bennett will finish it off. 
and his 5-2 Flames. Calgary can certainly score a lot of goals. The question with them, can they keep enough out of their net? Penguins did make it interesting in the third. Two power play goals, both from Evgeny Malkin. This one made it 5-4 with five minutes to go, but the Flames hang on for the 5-4 win, and now they lead the Sharks by two points atop the Pacific. Coyotes, Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews playing in his hometown of uh, Phoenix. Arizona, though, is in the middle of the Wild West wild card chase. Five points behind Minnesota when the day began, and the former Hab Alex Galchenyuk gives Arizona a 1-0 lead wearing their uh, vintage Coyote jerseys from the 90s. Two minutes later, they get another Josh Archibald on the rebound. That was all the scoring as Coyotes win it 2-0 over the Leafs. Oilers and Islanders, Edmonton dealt goalie Cam Talbot to Philadelphia today for minor league goalie Anthony Stolarz, but mostly a salary dump by Edmonton, who are sinking fast in the West. Second period, Isles open the scoring. Ryan Pollock pulling the trigger on the one-timer. 1-0 New York. Go to the third, now 2-1. Point shot tipped in there by Matthew Barzell. Last year's Rookie of the Year makes it 3-1 Isles. But Edmonton gets it back. This is pretty. McDavid and Drysaddle, I think, have a bit of chemistry, don't they? Look at that move there. 3-2, though, Isles late in the third. Welcome back. The NBA All-Star Game goes tomorrow in Charlotte. Two Toronto Raptors will uh, represent the North. Starter Kawhi Leonard and coaches pick Kyle Lowry. Tonight, the skills contest, slam dunk contest still to come. But we've got some highlights of the three-point contest, among other things. We'll start with the skills challenge between Hawks rookie Trey Young and second-year Celtic Jason Tatum. Kind of a skills obstacle course where they complete passes, make baskets, a race against the clock and each other. But what a finish. Young had the big advantage, just has to hit the three, but Tatum with a desperation heave from half court makes it, and he wins the challenge. We did not see that coming. That's what you call a fantastic finish as there he is, uh, the winner. Now, the three-point contest. Danny Green of the Raptors taking part, first time ever in this event, and Green had himself a very good preliminary round, finished with 23 points. He was in the top three to make the finals. Even though he missed his last two shots, he uh, in the end would have loved to make at least one of those because he was in the top three until Steph Curry showed up. And we know what he can do from three-point land. He ended up making his last 10 shots and he advances on to the finals. There's his dad, Dell, but in the finals... Curry fell short. It was Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets. First time ever at the All-Star Game. Wins it with 26 points. Edged out Curry, who had 24. So Joe Harris, the three-point champ. The slam dunk contest just about to get underway. We'll have highlights of that at 11. The Sun finally came out in Los Angeles today after a rainy first couple of days at the Genesis Open at Riviera. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor finishing off his second round this afternoon. They're way behind because of the heavy rain Thursday. Great shot by Taylor here. He'd make birdie. He made the cut. He's currently at minus two. Tied 37th through uh, five holes of his third round. Tiger Woods off to a great start in his third round. Barely made the cut, but then how about this gem on the par 5 11th? Tiger from 249 yards to six feet, and he would make the eagle putt. He birdied his next two. He was five under through his first four. He is currently at six under through seven holes, tied 14th. Phil Mickelson drove the short par four tenth. So this is for eagle, and check out that break. 
It is good for Eagle. Phil, though, currently tied 48th at one under. Justin Thomas, the co-leader through 36 holes at minus one with Adam Scott. Thomas playing his first hole in the late afternoon sun of the third round from about 185 yards. Second shot on the par five, and that's a great shot to about 12 feet. Thomas then steps up, and he will knock this in for Eagle. He's got a one-shot lead at 13-under just through two holes of his third round. They have a long day tomorrow. Adam Hadwin, by the way, made the cut, but struggling at plus three, tied for 74th. FA Cup, fifth round, League Two, Newport City dreaming the impossible, trying to knock off Manchester City. The fourth tier versus the Premier League team. Scoreless opening half, but Leroy Sané uh, literally draws first blood in the 51st. The shot off the keeper's nose and in. 18-year-old Phil Foden stepped up for City today. Some fancy footwork there by the teenager. Scores to make it 2-0. And then Foden with another marker. Strong setup by Leroy Sané. 4-1 the final as Manchester City moves on to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, National Women's Curling Championship from Sydney, Nova Scotia. Defending champ Jennifer Jones, Team Canada, taking on Saskatchewan. Final stone of the 10th end, tied at 5. Jones with the hit. Will she stick around for the shot stone? It does a little U-turn right there, and yes, it does. So Canada wins 6-5. Abbotsford Sarah Warwick won her opener 7-6 over Nova Scotia. So BC off to a good start as well. World Cup foreman bobsled from Lake Placid, New York. Summerland's Justin Cripps, fourth after the opening run. His crew with a fantastic start and a tremendous second run. They had the best time of anyone in the second run, but there were still three more sleds to come. Cripps sitting in the gold medal position. It came down to the team from Monaco who led after the first run, but disaster for them. They tipped their sled. And look, they almost took out a track worker who was on his way to help them until they righted their sled, so to speak. They avoid catastrophe, but it's Cripps with his first ever four-man gold medal. Here's a look at your snow report for today. Whistler Blackcomb with two new centimeters of snow. Grouse with 26 new centimeters, 19 for Cypress and six for Sasquatch. Revelstoke with seven new centimeters, Fernie five, and areas near Whitewater with four new centimeters. Big White and Silver Star, four new centimeters of snow. Sun peaks with a base of 167. Two new centimeters for Kicking Horse and four new centimeters for Mount Washington. Okay, before we go, some adorable animal stories to share with you. We're going to start in Florida, first of all, where a local police department has a pretty unique police dog. This is Officer Mugshot, or as everybody else calls him, Muggsy. He's uh, been on the force for just a few days. He's already captured the hearts of everybody in the department. Uh, Muggsy's job is public relations. He'll be going out into the community and interacting mostly with children and in schools. Thank you. And this one is especially for you, Yvonne. A zoo in Tokyo releasing video of its giant panda cub. Apparently visitors have been captivated watching this female cub climb a tree. The one-year-old inadvertently poked herself, though, in the face while eating bamboo. Zoo officials say they've had lots of comments on the video <laughs> on social media. I always find them very, very cute. But as you once said, if you had one up close, you'd probably run. 
It'd be right. different. Only the but little, only the cubs would be okay. You know, you're our panda expert. Yeah, yes. only you the cubs. Everything. Once they're older, it's a whole <laughs> other ball game. Have Do you not held... take their bamboo away. No, don't. Have you held one? It's on the bucket list. Oh, really? It's okay. It's going to happen. Going to China. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.